Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days and the Life of Riley. This is your host, John Hagedorn. The Life of Riley was one of America's most popular radio shows between 1945 and 1951, and also made the successful transition to TV, where it stayed very popular throughout the 50s. William Bendix played the title role of Chester A. Riley, who was a wing riveter at the fictional Cunningham Aircraft Plant in California. His frequent phrase, What a revolt and development dis is, became one of the most famous catchphrases of the 1940s. The life of Riley benefited from the immense popularity of a supporting character, Digby Digger Odell, played by John Brown, who was the friendly undertaker. You would never think that the role of an undertaker could assume a huge comedy part of a situation comedy radio show, but it did. Digby Digger Odell got a huge applause in front of the live audiences where this show was taped. What I like most about the life of Riley is that as old as it is, the humor still stands up really well. Give it a try, and I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please send us a review for 1001 Radio Days and the Life of Riley. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L. Prell Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's new Radiant Cream Shampoo in the handy tube. brings you the life of Riley. Prell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff, leaves hair radiantly lovely, presents the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Several weeks ago, a debate of considerable significance took place in the Riley household. Subject, resolved that Junior should take piano lessons, with Mrs. Riley upholding the affirmative position and Mr. Riley defending the negative. And the result? Peg, would you please stop dusting the piano keys? I'm trying to read. I'm right here in the room with you. That's Junior practicing. For that, we're paying $6 a month. He's running over a new piece. Running over it? He's trampling it to death. <laughs> What's he supposed to be playing, anyway? Swanee River. Well, if he keeps on playing like that, he'll start another civil war. <laughs> 
Well, I think he's doing very well. Nobody's forcing you to listen. Just go ahead with your reading. Well, how can I concentrate? <laughs> Down upon the Swanee River Down upon the Swanee River When is he going to get across that river? Well, give him a chance, he'll get it He better hurry up, them old folks at home ain't getting any younger the child's got to practice. That's uh, a waste of time. He'd be better off if he was out playing baseball. Oh, that's all you know is baseball. Well, he certainly won't get no place banging on that piano. Uh, how do you know? His teacher says he has remarkable talent. Yeah, give me six bucks a month and I'll say it too. <laughs> now, he is talented. And I'm going to see to it that he gets every opportunity to develop his talent. Why, for all we know, he might be another Rachmaninoff. Now, who's he? I never heard of him. Never heard of him. No. Why, he's world famous. Yeah, well, he ain't famous in my circle. I never heard nobody yelling, Slide, Rachmaninoff, slide. Now, listen, Chester Riley. Junior's gonna take piano lessons, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, yeah, well, there's plenty I can do about it, plenty. Like what? Well, I can forbid... I can put my foot... I can lay down the... I can stuff cotton in my ears. <laughs> Gillis. What's eating you, Rennie? I had an argument with Peg. She's got this goofy idea to give Junior piano lessons. And you know what she said just now? How should I know? What am I, a sneak? I got better things to do than go around eavesdropping on my next-door neighbor. She said he's going to keep taking piano lessons no matter what I say. But I told her, I said I won't hear of it. Well, of course you won't hear of it. Not with that cotton stuffed in your ears. <laughs> Gillis, you hurt. Accidental. Riley, I just can't stand by and watch an innocent young kid being ruined for life. Ruined who? Junior? Yeah, the poor kid's got no mind of his own. Peg's running his life. One day she decides he should be a musician, so he's got to take piano lessons. Tomorrow she can change her mind and decide he should be a crooner, so he takes singing lessons. The next day she could change her mind again and decide maybe he should be a big star on television. What's the result? Wrestling lessons? <laughs> no. The result is you got a namby-pamby. Tight to his mother's apron string. Oh, Junior will be okay. I'll make a great ball player out of him yet. I don't want no trouble, so I let Peg have her way about the little things. That's just it. It's the little things that count. If she keeps on doing Junior's thinking for him, making his decisions, he won't be able to get along without her. So maybe ten years from now, Junior's in the World Series playing shortstop. It's Brooklyn against the Yanks. Ninth inning, the Yanks at bat Junior in the field. Faces is loaded. Henrik on first, Lindell on second, Berra on third, and DiMaggio at bat. Here comes the pitch. Correct! DiMaggio hits a sizzling ground at the junior, which he scoops up. Meanwhile, Henrik is heading for second, Lindell is sliding into third, and Berra is streaking towards home with the winning run. And your junior is standing with the ball in his hand, crying, Mama, where should I throw it? <laughs> oh, that'd be awful, Gillis. You gotta teach that kid to stand on his own two feet. Make his own decision. Yeah, you're right. That's the way it's gonna be from now on. I'll see to it. Peggy's going to stop making decisions for that boy. Now you're talking. That's the way it is in my house, you know. My missus don't go around making no decisions. I only let her make one decision since I've known her. And I'll regret that to my dying day. Yeah, what was that, Gillis? She decided to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Peg, I got to talk to you about Junior. That's just he... what I want to talk to you about. Well, I didn't mean to do it, Mom. Now, we're good. What'd he do? He didn't show up for his piano lesson today. His teacher waited for over an hour. And where do you think he was all the time? Playing baseball. <laughs> oh, 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 that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a naughty boy. Finally. <laughs> this is serious. Here we scrimp and save to give him advantages. Now, Peg, you can't force the boy if he don't like piano. But he does like it. Now, let him make up his own mind. He's old enough to make his own decisions. Well, Junior, what's it going to be? Piano or baseball? Well, I like oh, wait piano. Wait a minute. Before you can make a decision, you've got to have the facts. Riley, you stop trying to influence him. Well, he's got to know the facts first. Now, let's say you pick the piano. Okay, you know what that means? Practicing eight hours a day, day in and day out, year after year. Finally, the teachers here can't teach you no more. So you go to New York. Five more years of practicing. Pretty soon, you know more than the New York teachers. So you go to Europe, to Vienna. You spend ten years there practicing eight, twelve hours a day. You got no time for anything else. No girlfriends, no sociable life. Just practicing for ten your long years. And then at last, you're ready. You come back to America to make your triumphant debut. After 20 years of practicing, you're a genius. And where do you wind up? On Horace Heights' program. <laughs> Chester Riley, I never heard such silly I'm nonsense. I'm just giving him the facts. And now, to be perfectly fair, I'll tell him what he's in for if he picks baseball. You make the high school team. A scout sees you play. First thing you know, you got a $50,000 bonus for signing with a big league team. But I warn you, it ain't an easy life. Every winter, you'll have to go down to Florida. And in the summer, you'll have to travel all over the country, stopping in swanky hotels. <laughs> and the women, you'll always be pestered by beautiful girls swooning at your feet. And you'll have money problems, all that dough rolling in year after year. <laughs> you just won't know what to do with it, but you'll be famous. They'll even want to make a picture about your life. The life of Riley, they'll call it, with an all-star cast. They'll probably get Gregory Peck to play you, Van Johnson to play me, and your mother will be played by uh, Marjorie Maine. <laughs> Riley, I've heard just now, about please, enough. Peg Junior's trying to make up his mind. Don't say anything to influence him. Oh, what's the use? I give up. Well, son. Well, I'll take baseball any day, Pop. Baseball? Well, I'm surprised. But I'll respect your decision. Junior, don't you want to play piano? Now, Peg, we agreed we'd let Junior make his own decisions from now on. And, son, now that I won't have to pay money for your piano lessons, I can pay up your back allowance. Here. There you are. Oh, boy, five bucks. Well, yep. thanks, Pop. Uh, can I buy anything I want? You cannot. Well, of course he can. He's making his own decisions now. I'm going to get a pair of spike shoes. Yeah. Five dollars for spike shoes? Well, I should say no. Peg, not. please. I don't like to take sides against you, but that boy's going to have a mind of his own. At least until he gets married. <laughs> I knew this would happen. Oh, Mommy, it was an accident. I forgot I was wearing my spikes. Just look at that linoleum, full of holes. And the landlord was here today, and he... Hey. Just wait till I tell your father. Oh, hiya, Peg. Hiya, Junior. What's new? Riley, look at that linoleum. Huh? Oh, hey, a new linoleum. That tightwad of a landlord finally came across. Yeah, I like that polka dot design. <laughs> Those are holes. Huh? Your baseball player here made them with his spiked shoes. 
I've told him time and time again not to wear those spiked shoes oh, in the house. Peg, stop picking on the kids. Just right? look at that floor. Okay, so it's got a few holes. What are you worrying about? We don't own the house. Let the landlord worry. <laughs> oh, he's not worrying. He was here today and he left a bill for $19, which you'll have to pay. What? 19 Junior, how many times have I told you not to wear spiked shoes in the house? But, Pa... Here, you're going to pay this bill. Well, how can I pay it? I'm broke. Well, then raise the money somewhere. How? That's up to you. You wanted to make decisions, so decide how you'll get the money. But you get it. Why, Riley, Please, Peg, let me handle this. Well, Junior? Okay. I'll have the money inside of a week. Ah, you see, Peg, that's the way to handle kids. But, Junior, where are you going to get the money? I'll quit school and go to work. What? Junior! Well, you said I should make my own decisions, and that's it. Now, look here, Junior Riley, now, you're Peg, not... please, let me take care of this. I'll settle it. Well, see that you do, and right now. So, you decided to quit school and go to work, huh, Junior? Well, you said... Okay, quit. Riley! If that's your decision, go right ahead. And you better start looking for a job right away. Well, I will. Uh, Are you out of your mind, Riley? Not any more than usual. You make that boy go back to school. We can't force him, not after we agreed he should make his own decisions. I didn't agree. Hey, I know, boys. He'll decide to go back of his own free will. Anyway, in the first place, he won't find work. Well, suppose he does. He'll still go back. I know that boy. He's a Riley through and through. And one day's work will cure him of the habit forever. <laughs> Prell will bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. Here she is, our Prell glamour girl. I'm Tallulah the tube of Prell, and I've got a little something to tell. Your hair can be radiant, oh, so easy. All you gotta do is take me home and squeeze me. I'm Tallulah the tube of Prell, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff-free for radiant hair. Get a hold of me, Tallulah the tube of Prell Shampoo. Yes, folks, for radiantly clean, radiantly lovely hair, it's Prell, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. Because Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap shampoo you've ever used. Soft, smooth, gleaming with natural highlights. And Prell works wonders on embarrassing dandruff, removes it in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. So for hair that looks swell, shampoo with Prell. Try it tomorrow. <laughs> Before rejoining the Rileys, we would like to thank all those listeners who have told us how much they enjoyed the new Life of Riley motion picture starring William Bendix. If you haven't seen the lovable, laughable Rileys and their friends, including Digger O'Dell, on the screen, don't miss this hilarious movie when it plays in your community soon. You'll have the laugh of your life. back to the life of Riley. But he didn't go to school today, Riley. Will you quit worrying, Peg? He'll be back in class tomorrow. He won't get no job. But he did get one. I saw Egbert Gillis just before, and he told me Junior's working somewhere. Well, all the better. That'll cure him quick. You'll see the way he looks when he comes in. He'll be so beat, he'll hardly have the strength to climb into bed. 
Hiya, Mom. Hi, Pop. Guess what? I got a job. Uh, we know. Oh, say, is supper ready? I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. <laughs> Putting on an act. <laughs> well, how do you feel after a hard day's work, son? <laughs> great, Pop. Great. One hundred percent. You don't fool me for one minute. <laughs> I might even put in some overtime tonight. Poor kid's hysterical. <laughs> well, Riley, handle it. I will, I will. <laughs> so you're a working man, eh, Junior? Just like me, eh? Well, there's only one little difference. For my day's work, I got close to ten bucks. <laughs> How much do you get? Twenty-three dollars. Well, naturally, you're a kid. You're in its, uh, twenty-three dollars. For one day? What do you do? He's a counterfeiter. <laughs> Junior, what kind of a job have you got? Oh, it's an honest job, Mom. It can't be honest. Who ever heard of an unskilled worker making $23 a day? Well, I'm not a worker. I'm a boss. You're a what? Well, I got this job delivering parcels for this company, and I get 12 cents for each one I deliver. But you couldn't deliver $23 worth. Well, of course not. So I got all the kids in the neighborhood who have bikes to deliver them for me. And I only pay them 2 cents for each parcel, which gives me a profit of 10 cents. And I don't have to work. <laughs> Two cents? You call that a living wage? How do you expect those kids to support their wives and kids on... I mean... <laughs> if Hop, they're glad to get the two cents. Well, it's just good business. You're a money-mad profiteer. You ought to be exposed. I got a good mind to tell Drew Pearson on you. <laughs> well, I think it was clever, a junior. Yeah, clever. I'd rather make my ten bucks a day the hard way. Well, I don't know, dear. Maybe you ought to go to work for Junior. You don't pay enough. Of course, you're going back to school tomorrow, Junior. Oh, no, Mom. You can do this after school, dear. Oh, no. I gotta supervise. Besides, I'm planning to expand. I'm gonna call it the Junior Riley Delivery Service. Well, school's a waste of time. Junior, you're going back to school. Well, someone's at the door. I'll get it. Well, Riley, let him make his own decisions, huh? That was a great idea you had there. There's nothing wrong with my idea. Is it my fault he don't fall into my trap? That boy's going back to school tomorrow. Uh, Mom, it's a parcel for you. The boy's waiting for $5. Oh, yes. Oh, Riley, give me $5, please. $5 what for? Well, I got a new hat. Another one? You just bought a new hat three years ago. <laughs> Riley, the boy's waiting. Well, yeah, let's not keep him waiting too long. He's one of my delivery boys. Riley, give me the money. Money, money, money. That's all I hear around here. You think I'm made of money? Send it back. You look better with a naked head anyway, Peg. <laughs> oh, all right. I'll send the hat back. Oh, wait a minute, Mom. Here, here's five dollars. Oh, now, wait, Junior. I, I won't let oh, you. Oh, forget it, Mom. From now on, any time you want money, you just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> now, just a minute, you little capitalist. Don't worry, Pop. There's more where this came from. Now, see here, young man. Your father will look after the money matters around here. He's still the head of this house. Oh, but why can't you I... You heard what your mother said. I'm the head of this house. And in this house, whatever your mother says goes. <laughs> Give the hat back to the boy, Peg. All right. Well, I don't see why you don't let me pay for it. It's just a loan, Pop. I don't need no loans, thank you. Oh, I don't mind. Anyway, I can take it off my income tax. It's a bad debt. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Well, my income tax. If I make this kind of dough, I'll have to pay income tax. 
Oh, I say, Pop, can I list you as a dependent? <laughs> what a revolting development this is. Nothing but trouble, trouble, trouble. I wish there was some place I could go to and forget all my troubles. I know just the place for you. <laughs> oh, it's you? Yes, it is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. Uh, Digger, I'm in a jam. My, my junior went and quit school. Oh, that's bad. A boy must study if he expects to get anywhere. Take my son, Fine Wood. Woody wanted to quit college, but I made him study. And today he's one of the most prominent doctors in New York. I miss the dear boy. Oh, you don't see much of him, huh? No, but I run into his patients from time to time. <laughs> well, in a way, I'm to blame for Junior. I don't know what's the matter with me, Digger. I try to straighten people out, and everything turns out upside down. You wouldn't last long in my business. <laughs> exactly what happened, Riley? Well, I told Junior that he could make his own decisions, so he decided to quit school. Oh, that was very foolish of you, Riley. As the head of the house, you must make the decision. Down at my place, nobody makes a move without me. <laughs> but now Junior won't go back to school. He's making a lot of money. He's got his own business. Oh, very and... admirable. But the boy must study. Don't let the same thing happen to Junior that happened to my youngest son, Moss Bank. <laughs> he decided to quit school. I said to him, Mosse, if you don't get an education, you'll wind up digging ditches. Yeah, well, what happened? He quit, and my prophecy came true. He's working for me. <laughs> I could force Junior to go back. Oh, no, not after you told him to make his own decision. I have a better plan. You say this business of his is keeping him out of school? Then buy him out. Oh, no, no, he wouldn't sell, D. But if I could trick him... Digger, you just gave me a wonderful idea. You sure opened my eyes for me. I did? Yeah. Well, I don't do that for everybody, believe me. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. <laughs> settle this nonsense of juniors once and for all tonight. That's just what I'm working on, Dumplin'. Oh, what's that you're writing there? Oh, well, it's my will. Your what? My will. It's a trick to get Junior to sell me his business. Well, of all the nonsense, this now, is you the... you don't understand. If he didn't have that business, he wouldn't have no reason not to go back to school. But he won't sell it, so I'll trick him into selling. I get him to sign this will as a witness, but what he won't know is that he's really signing away his business to me. You see, he won't know I'm giving him the business, so he'll give me the business. Uh, Riley. Hmm? Did you get your head caught in the bus door again? You leave it to me, Peg. You women just don't understand how big business operates. Mom. Oh, here comes the sucker. Watch how I outsmart him. Uh, Junior, come in here. Do you want me, Pop? Uh, yes, son. There's something important I want you to do for me. What is it? I want you to sign this here paper. What kind of a paper? Why are you so suspicious? It's my will. 
I just want you to witness it. I'm not trying to put anything over on you. But, Pop, you said never to sign anything unless you read it first. Okay, I'll read it to you. You'll see for yourself. It goes like this. <clears throat> I, Chester A. Riley, I'm Riley, ain't I? Yeah. Of 1313 Blueview Terrace, Los Angeles. That's where I live, don't I? Yeah. Being of sound mind... Don't answer that one, Junior. <laughs> Peg, this is my will. Have some respect for the deceased. <clears throat> uh, being of sound mind, do hereby prepare my last will and testament to wit. I bequeath my entire estate to my wife, Peg, and my children, Junior, and Beth. See, it's on the level. Here, you, you sign as a witness. Oh, right okay. Here. Uh, Chester Riley Jr. There. Uh, fine. And uh, uh, here's uh, ten dollars. What for? Uh, for the witness fee. Well, you don't have to pay a witness. Yeah, I know, but uh, well, <laughs> let's just say that it's it's a dying man's wish. Okay. Uh, then you accept? Why, sure. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> you walked right in my trap. You know what you just did by signing this will? You handed me your delivery business. My business? Yeah, the next time you should be more careful and read the fine print. <laughs> Where's the fine print? Well, right on this paper here, the one in my pocket. Uh, I'll read it to you. My entire estate mentioned above consists of the Junior Riley Delivery Service, which the owner of same has just sold to me for $10. <laughs> but, Pop... Well, Mr. Businessman, outsmarted, huh? You haven't got no more business. But, Pop... You may think you were pretty smart when you jipped those poor kids you had working for you, but you'll have to do a lot better to jip a jip like me. <laughs> but, Pop, now, the next let time... him talk. Huh? Oh, well, sure, sure. What do you got to say, son? I haven't got a business anymore. I sold it just before to a fellow for $20. I decided to go back to school anyway. <laughs> yes, sir, you sure outsmarted him. <laughs> oh, Riley. <laughs> Give me back that $10. Oh, no, you said that was a witness fee. But you... Uh, but I... When... If he... Oh, he tricked me. <laughs> Peggy, you gonna let him keep that dough? I should say not. Hand it over, Junior. Okay. Here, Mom. Yeah, well, that's more like it. We'll need this to pay for your piano lessons. Now, wait a minute, Peg. You ain't gonna get away with this. Not this time. Oh, no? What are you gonna do about it? Plenty. I'm gonna say to it... I'm gonna make sure... I'm gonna forbid... I'm going to stuff cotton in my ears. <laughs> the Rileys will return in just a moment. Are you bothered with dull, lifeless hair, ugly dandruff? Then it's Prell for you, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. Because Prell helps hair stay lovelier two ways. First, Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap shampoo. Prell can't leave a dulling soap film. Just soft, smooth, Prell-washed hair. Second, Prell removes embarrassing dandruff quickly in as little as three minutes. Leaves hair and scalp sparkling fresh, radiantly clean. It's economical, too. Goes farther than any known shampoo because it's more concentrated. Try Prell. As our glamour girl says... I'm Tallulah, the tube of Prell, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff-free for radiant hair. Get a hold of me, Tallulah, the tube of Prell Shampoo. 
Ah, you know, Peg, I'm not sorry that Junior took up the piano again. Well, I'm glad you feel that way, dear. Yes, sir, I think that boy of mine's got real talent. I noticed a definite improvement lately. Just listen to that boy play. Oh, for heaven's sake, Riley. If you'd take your nose out of that paper, you'd know what's going on. Junior's out playing baseball. I'm just dusting the keys. <laughs> Ever wonder why the United States has the world's highest standard of living? The answer is our economic system, producing more things for more people. Your well-being and mine depends on our understanding that system, keeping it working, improving it. Remember, the better we produce, the better we live. Procter & Gamble invites you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The Life of Riley motion picture will be opening this week in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and Reading, Pennsylvania, San Diego, California, and Troy, New York, and in many other communities throughout the country. Don't miss it. The script is by Alan Lipscott, Reuben Schiff, and Dick Powell. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair, free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Hi-ho, ivory snow. Wash your dishes with ivory snow. It's kind to hands and speedy too. Lovely hands mean a lovely you. Hi-ho. Safe in snow, wash your dishes in ivory snow. Let your hands tell you why ivory snow is so wonderful for dishwashing. Wash your dishes with ivory snow as millions do. When you see how ivory snow pampers your hands, you'll know it's ideal. It's ivory mild, ivory pure, and it's granulated for speed. No soap made is faster for dishes or kinder to hands than ivory snow. Remember, it's ivory mild and granulated for efficiency. Yes, for speedier dishwashing, for snow-white hands, try wonderful ivory snow. And this is Ken Niles reminding you to listen again next Friday when Procter & Gamble bring you a full hour of entertainment. First, Red Skelton, and then, The Life of Riley. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Yes, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Prell brings you the life of Riley. The shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff, leaves hair radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. <laughs> Last week, Chester Riley's son, Junior, came home with some wonderful news. During the night, there'd been a small fire in his school, and now it's to be closed for one week for repairs. So Junior and his pal Egbert Gillis decided to take advantage of the holiday by going to a Boy Scout camp near Lake Arrowhead. News of this decision soon reached the ears of their doting fathers, and Riley Sr. said, I absolutely forbid it. 
Now, I don't want no arguments, Junior. It's time you learned that there's somebody at the head of this house, and you've got to do what the head of the house says. And the head of this house says you can't go. And I agree with your mother. <laughs> and in the house next door, Egbert Gillis's father says... Egbert, I absolutely forbid it. Now, it's no use pestering me. Yesterday I forbode it, today I forbid it, and if you ask me tomorrow, I'll forboot it again. But teenage boys are persistent. And then Riley said, Please don't go, Junior. I'll miss you. I see so little of you. I thought this week we could pal around together. So don't go. I'll double your allowance. I'll triple it. Just think, Junior, 60 cents a week. <laughs> and next door, Gillis said, Eggbait. Eggbait, sweetheart. You don't want to leave your papa. If you stay, I'll buy you a nice present, huh? What do you say? Don't go, and I'll get you a brand new lawnmower. <laughs> But the boys were stubborn. So finally, each father had to put his foot down. I don't care what you mother say. You can't go, Egg Boy. Nothing will make me change my mind. It's no use, Pagan Junior. I said you can't go, and that's final. I have made up my head. <laughs> Goodbye, Junior. Goodbye, Egg Boy. Goodbye. 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 Let it go, Gillis. Yeah. They couldn't wait for the bus to pull out. Fine kids we got. They get a week's vacation, and instead of staying home where they can spend a little time with their fathers for a change, they rush off. Yeah. And where do they go? To some wild wilderness where there's nothing to look at but weasels, coyotes, and skunks. Instead of, <laughs> instead of staying home and looking at us. <laughs> I'm telling you, Riley, this here younger generation, they're ungrates. Pure, adulterated ungrates. Yeah, you'd think they'd have a little affection for us after all we'd done for them. Yeah. Remember when the cop come after them for stealing a donut from Dingle's Bakery? Yeah. Who swore they was innocent? I did. And who ate up all the evidence? I did. <laughs> Would you think they remember that? No. Yeah. But when we was kids, we loved our father. You bet we did. I always thought of my father as an idol. Mine never waked neither, but I loved him just the same. <laughs> my father went, I wanted to go. Yeah, me too. He used to take me to all the ball games. Every game we were there together. He'd sell the hot dogs and I'd smear on the mustard. <laughs> Believe me, Riley, being a father is only grief. You raise a son, you feed him, you dress him, you educate him. And in the end, what do you got? An empty room. <laughs> That's until he gets married, then the room gets crowded. <laughs> Give us our kids have got to be taught a lesson. They gotta learn that you don't get something for nothing. If you want love, you gotta give love. You're right. Love breeds love. We'll show those kids. They wanna go, let them. We'll show them it don't bother us none. That's the idea. We'll show them we don't care. We won't even write to them. You bet. Besides, with them going, who'll we get to write for us? <laughs> yes, sir, Gillis, we'll show them. Yeah, it's easy to say, but I know you, Riley. You'll get soft. You'll crack. Oh, no, no, not me. Not this time. If anybody cracks, it'll be you. When it comes to Egbert, you always were a softy. Who, me? Yeah, you. Just yesterday, you took a filet mignon that was for your dinner, a dollar fifty a pound, and you put it on Egbert's black eye. Well, it was only fair. After all, I gave him the black eye. <laughs> he walked into a door I was opening. But don't you worry about me. Well, okay. From now on, no sentiment. We're making a pact. It's a pact. For the next week, them boys don't exist. We're cutting them down from our family tree. Right. 
And when they've learned their lesson, we hang them up again. Riley, is that all you're going to eat? I ain't hungry, Dumplin'. What's the matter with you anyway? You've been mooning around all day. You won't eat, you won't talk. Why are you in such an ugly mood? I ain't in an ugly mood. Don't judge by my face. <laughs> Inside, I feel swell. Oh, you don't fool me. I know what's bothering you. You miss Junior. I do not. Why should I miss him? The minute he left, I put him out of my mind just like that. I never gave him another thought. Two days, 12 hours, and eight minutes since he left, and he hasn't written yet. So you do miss him. Well, what's wrong with that? After all, he's been with us 13 years now, ever since he was born. Why, I grew up with him. And he's a fine boy. Uh, the least he can do is drop a line to show that he remembers he's got a father. Oh, Riley, be sensible. After all, he's my boy, too. I love him, and I miss him, but... I don't get all upset just because he's away for a few days. Oh, yeah, you can talk like that. You've never been his father. <laughs> you didn't go through what I went through when he was born. Well, and I thought I heard everything. He just don't care about me. After all, how long does it take to write a six-page letter? Never mind a letter, a card. One word, regards. He don't even have to sign it. I'd know it was from him. Riley, I know you're very fond of Junior, but don't forget you've got another child. Who? Why, Riley! Oh, yeah, 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 Babs, yeah. Well, yeah, Babs, he's a sweet girl. You know, you, you've always been closer to Junior than you've been to Babs. Well, now's your chance to get to know her better. Well, gee, I love Babs, but... Well, well she's not like Junior. When we play catch, she throws the ball like a girl. And if we went fishing, would she bite a worm in half with her teeth like Junior does? Oh, Riley. Of course she throws a ball like a girl. That's because she is a girl. Yeah, that must be the reason. <laughs> Girls need a father's companionship as much as boys. You ought to show some interest in the things that interest Babs. Go on, talk to her. It'll cheer you up. Yeah. Yeah, why not? What if Junior is gone? I can get along without him. I've got my little Babs. Oh, Babs! Babsy! I'm here, Daddy. Oh, hello, Babsy. You mind if I sit down? Of course not, Daddy. Oh, wait, I'll move these magazines. Oh, yeah. Well, I, uh, I just thought I'd drop in and have a friendly little talk. <laughs> All right, Daddy. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, excuse me. Is it? What'll I talk about? Oh, for heaven's sake, talk about anything. Talk about school. Yeah, school. That's it, yeah. Well, uh, tell me, Babs, how's school? Fine. <laughs> well, that one's shot. Anything special on your mind, Daddy? Huh? Oh, no, no, nothing at all. My mind's a perfect blank. I just wanted to talk. Uh, uh, what's that you're reading there, honey? Oh, just a magazine. You wouldn't be interested in it. Well, who wouldn't? I'm very interested in magazines. I read Esquire every week. <laughs> Daddy, Esquire only comes out once a month. Yeah, I know. I, I read it four times. <laughs> well, this is a fashion magazine. Oh, fashion. Well, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that around. Harper's Buzzer. 
Bizarre, Daddy. Well, you mind if I look at it with you? Oh, Daddy, it's mostly about women's clothes. You wouldn't care about that. No, no, I do. I'm interested in everything that interests you. You tell me all about it, right? Well, they've got two of the most gorgeous dresses you've ever seen. They're divine. Well, tell me more. I'm all ears. <laughs> well, I can't make up my mind which I like best. Now, this one here is a taffeta with a sweetheart neck and a dirndl skirt. Huh? But this one's a file dress with a bustle back, leg of mutton sleeve, and a cowl neck. Which one do you like? Well, uh, well you, you look beautiful with mutton legs and a cow's neck. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to see you in, in, in this one here. I, oh, I think that's you a... would? Oh, yeah. Daddy, you're an angel. It's only $30, but now, I never dreamed you'd buy it for you. Now, wait a minute, just a minute, Beth. Oh, you're an angel, Daddy. I've got to find the way and tell you you're going to buy it. Now, wait, Beth. I... Oh, well, so I'll wear this suit another four years. <laughs> Did you have a nice talk with Bab? Uh, some conversation. Three minutes and it cost me 30 bucks. <laughs> I could have phoned long distance for that dough. Only I don't know anybody who lives further than Glendale. <laughs> hey, wait, I do know someone. Junior. I could have phoned Junior. I still can. Oh, if I could just hear his voice. Well, go ahead. It only costs a dollar. Yeah, I, I could... No, 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 I, I can't. Gillis might find out. Well, what's Gillis got to do with it? Well, we sort of agreed that we'd teach those boys a lesson and show them that we don't miss them. Oh, that's ridiculous. Never mind Gillis. Go on and phone. But we made a pact. We shook hands on it. There's only one way out. I'll be a diplomat. I'll break the pact. <laughs> but we've got to keep this from Gillis. Stop worrying about Gillis. Go on and phone. Okay. Well, dial the operator. Shh. First, I want to make sure that Gillis ain't listening in on the party line. Ever since we both got the same party line, he's always listening. Yeah, okay, the coast is clear. Long distance? I, I, I want to put in a person-to-person -person call to Junior Riley at Camp High Point in Lake Arrowhead. I am sorry. There is some trouble with the lines in Lake Arrowhead. There will be a two-hour delay. A two-hour... Uh, oh, that's... Uh, Six o'clock. Yeah. Well, okay. Call me back when you get him. Gladstone 9989J. Poor Gillis. <laughs> he must be suffering. But it's his own fault. He just ain't smart enough to think of a double cross like this. <laughs> That's no use. Ever since my egg boot's gone, I can't stand it no more. Living in an empty house with nobody but my wife. <laughs> I don't care what I promised Riley. Oh, I, I want to talk person to person to Egg Boy Gillis and Percy. Camp High Point, Lake Arrowhead. Sorry, sir. There will be a two-hour delay. Yeah, okay, I'll be here. This is Party Line Gladstone 9989K. I feel better already. <laughs> Poor Riley. <laughs> well, what he don't know won't hurt me. You, uh, you out here, Gillis? Oh, hello, Riley. Yeah, just taking a nose full of fresh, uh, fresh air. Uh, it's, 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 it's a nice night, huh, Gillis? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gillis, well, why don't you go for a nice long walk? Get, get away from the house? No, I, I think I'll hang around the house here. Uh, uh, why, why don't you go for a long walk? Oh, no, no. I, I, I think I'll hang around, too. Well, uh, Riley, how goes it? You uh, missing Junior? Who? Junior? Oh, my wife's son. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you, you miss an egg, Bert? No. Why should I miss it? We agreed to put him out of our minds, didn't we? Yeah, it's the smartest thing we ever did. It just goes to show you what willpower can do. Well, sure. <laughs> what time is it, Riley? Uh, three minutes and ten seconds to six. Uh, well, well, what time have you got, Gillis? Three minutes, nine seconds to six. I'm a little fast. Uh. What time is it now, Gillis? Two minutes to six. What time you got? A minute and 59 seconds to six. What's the matter, Gillis? Your ears are quivering. Nothing, nothing. Don't. Excuse, Excuse me, I just remembered. I, just remember I gotta, I gotta go, go to bed. bed. See you later. Oh, it was my phone. Thank heaven. Hello? On your call to Lake Arrowhead, I am trying to locate your party. Hold on, please. Yeah, okay, I'll hold on. Hello? Hello? Hello, is that you, pal? Yeah, yeah, this is me. Is that you, pal? Yeah, gee, your voice sounds so different. It sounds hoarse. Yours is different, too. I can hardly recognize you. Yeah, I think we got a bad connection. Do you miss me, pal? I'll say I do. Do you miss me? Every minute. I'm so lonesome. Can you love me? Love you. Here's a kiss. And here's one for you. Uh-huh. Are you having fun? Well, what did you do today? Nothing much. I've been hanging around with that big Jake Riley. Well, I've been... <laughs> Gillis, it's you. Riley, it's you. You double-crosser. You put in a call for your junior. Oh, yeah? Well, you're a double-crosser, too. You put in a call for your Egbert. Yes, but you're the worst, Mr. Riley. You placed your call first. <laughs> the next time I use the telephone, I'm going to write instead. <laughs> Well, we'll bring you the second act of The Life of Riley in just a moment. And now, here's a glamour tip from our own glamour girl. I'm Tallulah the tube of frell, and I've got a little something to tell. Your hair can be radiant, oh, so easy. All you gotta do is take me home and squeeze me. I'm Tallulah the tube of frell, and I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff-free for radiant hair. Get a hold of me, Tallulah the tube of frell shampoo. Yes, folks, Tallulah's right. There's radiance for you in Prell, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. In fact, Prell leaves hair radiant the very first time you use it. Yes, more radiant than any soap shampoo. Soft, smooth, easy to manage. And Prell removes unsightly dandruff quickly in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. Try it the very next time you shampoo. Get Prell. Before Prell brings you the second act of The Life of Riley, I'd like to say thanks to all of you folks who have written to tell us how much you've enjoyed the new Life of Riley motion picture starring William Bendix with James Gleason and Rosemary DeCamp and John Brown as Digger O'Dell. We agree it's a very funny movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, don't miss The Life of Riley when it plays in your city. And now back to The Life of Riley. So all right, Riley, let's face it. So we both made a mistake. We broke under the strain and cracked the pack. Well, wait, Gillis, we, we didn't really crack the pack because we didn't actually talk to the boys. Yeah, that's right. The pack ain't cracked, it's still intact. <laughs> but from now on, we got to be stronger than ever. And there's one way to make sure we don't give in. What do you mean? Well, we're both members in good standing of the BPLA. Yeah, but what's this got to do with the Brooklyn Patriots of Los Angeles? 
We're taking the supreme oath of everlasting brotherly trust. No, not that. Not the supreme oath. The Constitution says you're only supposed to take that in times of catastrophes, like earthquakes, floods, epidemics, and eviction. Yeah. <laughs> when a boy don't love his father, that's an emergency. Uh, Come on, the oath. Shake. Shake. Fingers to fingers. Toes to toes. If I break this pact, break my nose. <laughs> I guess Daddy's out. Oh, that's funny. Said he's staying in tonight. Oh, just listen to that, Mother. I wish the landlord would install a new hot water boiler. That's not the boiler. It's your father snoring. He must be in the living room. Oh, yes, there he is on the couch. <laughs> just listen to him, Mother. Now I know what to get you for your birthday. Earplugs. <laughs> he's talking in his sleep. Well, what's he saying? Well, I... I can't quite make it out. Darling, I love you. Oh, he's dreaming about you, Mother. He better be. <laughs> when I come home from work, my first thought is of you. He does mean you, Mother. Oh, that sweet thing. Don't ever leave me. I can't live without you. Ah, oh, the darling. I'll wake him up with a kiss. Oh, thank you, Junior. <laughs> Junior? I give a... Oh, oh, it's you. Where's Junior? I... Oh, it's only a dream. I forgot. He's gone. Oh, now listen, Riley. It's all right to love your son, but you're overdoing it. Junior goes away for a few days and you act like the world's ended. You mope around the house, you talk in your sleep. You better snap out of it. Yeah, but he didn't even write. Not even a card. Kids Junior's age never write. You know that, Daddy. Now, there's nothing to worry about. The scoutmaster at the camp takes good care of the boys. Besides, if anything went wrong, they'd let us know. Yeah, I know all that. Well, then, what are you so gloomy about? I miss him. <laughs> My own son ignores me. I was always so good to him. I treated him like he was my own son. Some son. He don't write. He don't phone. As far as he's concerned, I ain't even alive. According to my records, he's wrong. <laughs> Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. Oh, I, I didn't see you, Digger. Greetings, Riley. Going my way? Uh, no, I'm just strolling around a while while I walk. <laughs> you know, Digger... Life is full of disappointments. A man tries to be a nice guy, be a friend and a pal. And then in the end, someone lets him down. Please, let's not talk shop. <laughs> I feel terrible, Digger. It's my boy, Junior. He went camping three days ago, and gee, I miss him. Would you believe it? I saw him off at the station last Thursday, and since then, I ain't even heard from him. Oh, don't let that worry you, Riley. I've seen lots of people off, and I never heard from them. <laughs> But I don't mind. As long as I know where they are, I'm satisfied. Oh, but I miss him so much. Being a father is nothing but trouble. Ah, fatherhood. Frantically summoning a taxi when the little woman tells you the moment has arrived. Desperately speeding to the hospital at 60 miles per hour. Impatiently pacing the hospital corridor until the stalk arrives. And then rushing back to the pinochle game. <laughs> I adore pinochle. It's... It's okay. 
My wife says I should go up to camp and see Junior. An excellent suggestion. Yeah, but I can't. Gillis and me made a solemn promise to ignore our boys, to teach them a lesson for desertness, and I got to keep my word. Besides, Gillis is watching me like a hawk. I see. Uh, but suppose Babs wanted to see her little brother. Naturally, you'd have to chaperone her on the trip. Yeah. Yeah, and then if Gillis found out, why... Hey, that's a great idea. We'll leave first thing in the morning. Digger, you're a real pal. Someday I'll do something for you. I'm sure you will. <laughs> well, cheerio. I'd better be shoveling off. Hurry up, Babs. I want to reach the camp before it gets dark. Oh, I'm exhausted. I still don't see why he had to take me along. I keep telling you, Babs, if Gillis finds out, you're my alibi. Well, let's go on. Yeah, now remember, keep close to me. There's wild animals around here. Wild animals? Sure, wolves and bears and coyotes. Bears? Now, don't be afraid. If a bear should jump out at you from the bush, start running. And don't worry, I'll be right in front of you. Now, come on. (laughs) Let's go. Oh, gee, I can hardly wait to see Junior. Oh, I think I see the camp, Daddy. Where, where, where? There. You can see it through the trees. Yeah, that's it. Hurry up. Come on. Wait, Daddy. What's wrong? Listen. There's something in those bushes. There, 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 there is? Oh, it's some kind of an animal. Maybe it's a bear. A bear? No, 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 no. Don't be afraid. You stay here. I'll run and get help. It's coming toward us. It's looking at us. I see its hairy face. It's got long fangs and beady red eyes. Why, Mr. Gillis? Riley! Bear! Gillis! I thought you was a bear. I'll never trust you again. The minute I turn my back, you follow me. Oh, Riley, what's the use? Let's admit we're licked. I, 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 I can't stand it. After all, Eggbait's my own fleshy blood. My only male son. Yeah, you're right, Gillis. Why fight nature? This has been the lonesomest week of my life. Look, there's the scoutmaster over there. Let's go ask him to get the boys. No, no, wait a minute, Gillis. Babs, you go get him and walk past this tree, and then we'll jump out and surprise him. Right? Oh, all right, but you stay right there. Yeah. Oh, gee, Gillis, I hope we did the right thing in coming here. I hope so, too. Eggbait and Junior might not like it. Yeah, they might resent us, making sissies out of them. Maybe we better go home. No, no, no. We come this far, let's stick it out. Yeah. Daddy. Hey, here comes Babs. Oh, Daddy. Where's Junior? Where's Eggboy? They're gone. gone. Gone? What do you mean? Where'd they go? They ran away this morning. They went home. Home? They ran away home? Home? But this I came through ten miles of poison ivy? <laughs> well, don't you see, Gillis? They went home because they couldn't stand being away from their fathers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they missed us. They love us. Yeah, and we were worried. Oh, this is the biggest thrill of my life. Here's the note they left. Yeah, let, let's see. Let's see what the little darlings say. We're going home. We can't stand it any longer. We miss our mothers. <laughs> their mothers? They love their mothers? What a revolting development this is. <laughs> will return in just a moment. There's a glamorous air about Prell washed hair. Yes, that's what you'll discover when you use Prell, Procter & Gamble's radiant cream shampoo. Because Prell helps hair to more glamour two ways. First, even in hardest water, Prell leaves hair more radiant than any leading cream shampoo. Yes, with Prell, your hair is radiantly soft, radiantly smooth, so easy to comb and manage. 
And second, Prell removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. Doctors' examinations proved it. Try Prell yourself. As Tallulah says... I'm Tallulah, the tube of Prell. And I'll make your hair look swell. It'll shine, it'll glow, so dandruff-free. For radiant hair, get a hold of me. Tallulah, the tube of Prell Shampoo. I'm home. Is Junior here yet? Yes, he's sound asleep. Did he tell you why he left camp? Well, yes, he did, I guess he loves you more than he loves me. Oh, no, Riley, don't be silly. Oh, I don't mind. That's life. You find it in every family. Anyway, it works out even in the end. The boy loves the mother the most, and the girl loves the father the least. (laughs) Folks... Folks, this is Riley, alias William Bendix, saying goodbye for a while and hoping you will be with us again when we return to the air Friday night, October 7th, over your NBC station. Tonight marks the close of four happy years of broadcasting the life of Riley for Procter & Gamble, makers of our favorite shampoo, Prell. And we wish our sponsor and you folks who have allowed us to visit you every week a wonderful summer and good luck to you all. See you in October. Shampoo has presented The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley and wishes them the best of everything when they return to the air next fall. And don't miss the hilarious new motion picture comedy, The Life of Riley, now playing in most cities throughout the country. Tonight's script is by Alan Lipscott and Reuben Schiff. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow, Digger Odell is John Brown, Babs is Barbara Eiler, Junior is Tommy Cook. Mitchell Lindemann directs with music by Lou Kozlov. And thanks to John Morris, Floyd Caton, and Ralph Reed of NBC. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker. And remember, for more radiant hair, free of unsightly dandruff, get the shampoo in the tube. P-R-E-L-L, Prell Shampoo. Thanks for joining us for The Life of Riley. I hope you enjoyed it, and if you did... Please do stop and send us a review for 1001 Radio Days and The Life of Riley. Take care, and we'll be back soon.